This episode of the Spiritually Sassy Show was brought to you by Higher Dose. Elevate your mood, promote a healthy glow, support long-term health benefits, and lift your spirit with Higher Dose's at-home wellness tools that use nature-inspired technologies to release a dose of your feel-good chemicals like dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins naturally. Higher Dose's infrared, PEMF, and red light devices elevate your health and beauty rituals while their collection of body products boosts the benefits so you feel more rejuvenated, refreshed, grounded, and glowing. Ready to test the best biohacking technologies and feel better daily? Visit higherdose.com and enter the code SAW15 to save 15% on your first order. That's higherdose.com and enter the code SAH15 to save 15% on your first order and prepare to get high on your own supply. And now, on to the show. What's up, my loves? And welcome back to the Spiritually Sassy Show. Today's guest is Natasha Nair. She's someone that I met. It's kind of a long story, but I went into a 30-day meditation retreat in Kathmandu, Nepal. After two weeks of being there, so many things happened. I didn't finish the retreat on the 16th day. uh, We left the retreat and went to Bali. And while in Bali, Tahir, who's one of the guests on the show, um, who is this incredible sacred musician. uh, By the way, check out his episode. And I think it's called Music of the Mystics, the episode. I don't know. Look him up. It's Tahir. Anyway, so he texted me when we got to Bali saying, hey, I'm leading a retreat. I know you want to learn how to sing and, and, and get into sacred music and, and all that. So we, uh, Ben and I, my boyfriend and I joined a retreat and that's where I met Natasha. Um, on the third day of the retreat, I had to leave to go to Brazil for the family emergency that Perhaps you already know, um, which I won't share right now. I get into some of that in the episode. Anywho, Natasha is an integral psychotherapist trained in somatic psychology and somatic experiencing. She is incredible, profound, wise. Oh, my goodness. Um, that's it. Get into the episode get into it, bring out your notebook. You're going to have to take notes. It's so freaking delicious. Or just listen and walk your dog or fold your laundry, whatever. Up to you. Listen to this episode. And don't forget, if you love the show, please rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends and your community. Let's keep the momentum of the Spiritually Sassy Show going full power. Love you all. Thank you. Peace. Well, welcome to the show. I'm so honored and excited to have you on. You really made such a big impression uh, on me when we met so briefly, but it was, it was this, you know, um, definitely karmic. It was just like, oh, I know you. I know you. I hear you. I felt that too. So first question I ask every guest 
is who are you right now? Hmm. It's like I'm this uh, I'm consciousness struggling to stay awake. That's how I feel. Mm. Like I'm aware that I'm consciousness, but I'm definitely struggling to make a state of identification. Mm-hmm. Break it down a little bit more. Because like for some of the more practice uh, listeners, they'll be like, okay, I totally get it. I'm a, I feel the same. But for people who are just kind of coming on to this for the first time, like what, is that, what does that feel like? What does that look like? Paint us a picture. It's, it's um, okay, the emotions. The emotions that I'm feeling at the moment are some amount of disappointment some amount of lack of feeling. Um, it's like something in me is resisting life and I can't tap into what it is. And so I'm feeling um, disappointed, like, because, you know, my ego is like, come on, you're a psychotherapist. <laughs> you should be able to do this. And how I know that I'm not tapping in is that because I'm not feeling that sense of ease and flow and also my my physical health has been suffering and i know for sure that that's related to this mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. yeah my physical health has, has been in a complete decline since my mom's passing i you know like every other day i have some sort of like physical symptom you know from like a fever to a back pain to diarrhea to um, nausea and a headache and an eye infection and a knee pain and my my pee is burning and it's just like this there is so much psychosomatic um, experiencing right now that it's you know one thing I said to the students of the training the other day for the you know the SAM method is the somatic activated healing training um, in the opening lecture it's like I'm in a season of just trying to accept you know, just trying to like accept that everything is, has fallen apart. My life is upside down and And my body's in a complete state of decline, you know? And I think that that's also what I'm uh, kind of engaging with is this idea of effort, trying to accept, you know, and, and I, I just notice that whenever I'm trying to make effort, something is off. Like I'm not being able to meet life in the way in which it's in front of me, you know? So like for you, I can, I mean, the grief is so high that a part of you also doesn't want to be here. So it's like the physical mm-hmm. body is like revolting, right? And for mm-hmm. me, I think there's always been a part of me that hasn't wanted to be here uh, and doesn't get on board mm-hmm. with this whole, no matter what, spi- how I spin it. And I know that I made the choice to be mm-hmm. here. And I actually, mm, it's not like I hate life or anything like that, but I just know that this is just one dress that I'm wearing and there are other dresses and my um, sense of being a soul is so much more than being a human. And so I think that Mm. when my soul, when I'm not able to take full responsibility and like live from that place of my soul, then my soul is like, okay, Mm -hmm. I just want out. Like, get me out of here. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One thing you said to me when we met um, at the yoga barn for lunch that that one time um, you said, one of my daily mantras is, and I'm paraphrasing, if I remember correctly, it was like, wake God me up is or take me. awake. Yeah. Say that again. <laughs> wake me up or take me. 
yeah. What does that actually mean on uh, to to for the goddess to help you awaken? You know. You know, since I was little, I have known, but I haven't experienced. And I didn't know mm-hmm. that I knew and I hadn't experienced, you know. And as I started experiencing mm-hmm. oneness more um, uh, in fleeting moments, I just know how much I have not experienced, you know. So mm-hmm. it was a prayer to say that, you know, make my, uh, what I know to be my known reality. Like the mm-hmm. schism between what I know and how I experience life, like bridge that, you know, uh, wake me up to, to, mm-hmm. cause I've never been uh, motivated. Like, even though I've always been on the path, I've never been motivated for my, like my own salvation and stuff like that. That's never attracted me. I'm like, and then what exactly is the purpose of that for me? It's like, either I take everyone or I stay, you know, that's kind of been my, um, because it's not pain that bothers me so much, you know. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's not like I'm trying to uh, get away from pain or you know those those common binaries have not been my motivating factor, or even peace has not been my like I'm not seeking peace or I'm not I'm just seeking to wake up to where you know I feel like one uh, being that's resonating with. I don't have these multiple parts that are like feeling different things or wanting. They're just all on board, you know. They're all in service of mm-hmm. the same thing. Mm-hmm. So wake me up or take me is that. that. Mm-hmm. And if I'm hearing this correctly, it's like personal development and like what some people say sometimes meditation helps you relax. It's like, yeah, the very, very, you know, initial stage, it can help you to feel peaceful and relax. What you're seeking from what I'm hearing and from having met you very briefly, but like non-verbally, energetically, what was like you know, transpiring and oozing out of your being, it was like to actually know, you know, moksha, samadhi, enlightenment, like the true nature of reality. Am I hearing that correctly? Like actually arriving at that place of true gnosis? Yeah, because I don't, I don't want more sophisticated uh, tools to deal with the 3D. I want to wake up to knowing this is 3D. You know, I can keep nuancing that. Oh my God. You know, like in relation as a psychologist. Keep going. I'm just like, yes, you're bringing me, you're making me a little, you're giving me a little like five, you know, percent of happiness to my wounded, uh, broken heart right now. So please say that again. That's so deep and take it away. Yeah. So basically, even as a psychotherapist, it's like people would come for tools of how to navigate their narratives and their stories. And I'm like, you can just keep making new narratives or you can wake up, you know? Like you can keep, um, there was this uh, wandering nun, um, I'm paraphrasing really badly, so I won't give you any coordinates so I can't get into trouble. But uh, basically she asks this Lama, she's like, am I doing the right thing? I'm like traveling across Tibet to get these secret teachings. He said, no, just go back to your nunnery and meditate. And she's like, but now the Chinese require you to like learn Chinese if you want to be a nun, blah, blah. And he looked at her and he said, if you want freedom in the world, learn Chinese. If you want freedom from the world, go inside. Wake up. Oh, oh my God. You know, so oh I don't want to learn. I don't want to learn. So even with my clients and stuff in the relationships, I'm like, yeah, you can have better neurosis. You can have better da da da. But it's just not my area of interest. You know, it's just mm-hmm. not my area of interest. Um, mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. so that, so, so yeah, so for me, it's 
that, that my, um, I think my, the, to know that I'm a soul, to know that everything is energy and to not keep it at a conceptual level anymore, you know, and I think we mm-hmm. finally are arriving at that stage in the planet where that's possible to talk about it in public to, you know, there's so much happening, mm-hmm. which is different than any other century. You know, I'd probably mm-hmm. be burnt at the mm-hmm. stake, um, a little while ago, mm-hmm. if I spoke, like, you know, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How did you arrive at this like deep understanding that it is, you know, that, yeah, we can learn the tools to like, you know, make more money and we learn how to be financially, uh, literate financially, we're, we're so financially illiterate that like it does such harm for, for so many people in the world. And it did that to me for a very long time. And I, I'm, I'm from a lineage where financial illiteracy has like harmed each and every single one of us. And because of the, the money trauma, then that leads to addiction and extreme states of neurosis and, 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 you know, and all kinds of, 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 of trauma to the degree of extreme addiction and, and then to taking, you know, unalive, choosing to unalive oneself, you know, um, so it, from one side, it's like, yes, we, we need to like know how to eat better and know how to handle our money better and know how to be kinder and, 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 you know, clean our homes and clean our bodies and train our minds and, and speak kindly to ourselves. And, you know, all the sort of, you know, to use your language, 3D things, all the things in the material realm, and also have a foot in the knowing that when you wake up, to the true nature of reality in whatever, you know, uh, language you may use for that, like you realize that it it is, again, it's just, um, we're just trying to find, to justify or create a new story to make the pain a little less agonizing and a little less terrifying and, 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 um, exactly. So I love what you're saying. And, and also there are stages, right? There are stages. Wouldn't you agree yeah, to that, Natasha? I, yeah, I'm going to get to that, saying that my own spiritual bypass story, you know, and mm. um, and also that really the only freedom is the freedom from fear. Everything else is a narrative. That's how I feel, you know, that, okay, I'm, I'm trying to get here, I'm trying to get there, and I'm just like, Yep, we're all swimming in a fish tank, really excited that we can get from the top to the bottom, you know, but there's an ocean out there, you know, so the only real freedom is the freedom from fear. So I feel that um, what you're saying, I mean, there's this common understanding that you have to have an ego to transcend it, right? So you have to be like, what is the difference between a psychotic state and a spiritual experience, for example, right? Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's what you're saying, that there's a journey to get there. And I think that to be able to bear reality, to be able to sit and feel what is happening without needing to change it or fix it, mm-hmm. that's somewhere we need to get. And sometimes we need tools mm-hmm. to get there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that for me... I thought I was doing that, um, except that you can't do that without feeling your feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, you can think yep. 
you know, you can think so, you can think your things, but like authenticity is being able to like feel my feelings. I am so lonely right now, even though I know that I'm not away from source even for a second. But to be able to bear the loneliness, feel it in my body, not need to do anything with it. And physiologically, it has to pass because we re-loop every few seconds. So if we can really embody our emotions, it won't continue forever. It's, it's moods that continue, the states, the way, when we don't get to the bottom of really what is the pain point, you know? Mm-hmm. When we are uh, at a secondary feeling or a cover-up feeling, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Careful with your mic. It sounds like you're touching the, the cord. There's a little muffle. Yeah, careful. Exactly. Um, so I love what you said. I want to pick, I want to, I want to just reflect on what you said. The, the greatest freedom is freedom from fear, right? The only freedom, I believe. The only freedom. Yeah, I love that. And the the depth of that so so wildly profound. And I, you know, thinking about like the fear and, and then reflecting on fear as like a worry in our mind and how much our day-to-day is just built on worrying. We're constantly worried about something. And then when you strip away all worries, like who are you? Exactly. Like, do you even exist if you're not worried? And then, and then I think from that point of all worries disappearing and dissipating, not because they don't exist, it's just they don't exist in the ways that we think they do. They're just not as solid. They're not, they're not just, they're not as solid as independent, uh, existing from, from their own side. And then mm-hmm. once all of that kind of fades away, then, then we do experience this, this, um, you know, interdependence and to use your language, this oneness and this, um, you know, proximity with all of life. And then loneliness is like, there's, there's no such thing. And then from that perspective, and I can think about my mom and say, you know, okay, she died, but where did she go? There's nowhere to go because she's always with me, always here, you know? Um, exactly. So I love that. I love, I love this. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, so ever since I was little, I knew that only love was real. Like I knew that growing up in school, which is why like certain relationships, I could just let them go, just drop them, you know, because I knew that anything that was real couldn't be broken or taken away by either of us. And so I could walk away from friendships and stuff like that. But the shadow side, which I is that I never uh, I had, let's say, the knowing that love is real, but I never gave myself the space to process the loss. And the pain, which is such a, Mm. this is what I'm saying. It's developmental. So now I feel like I'm able to miss someone or feel uh, like wanting to hold or wanting to be held or wanting to be in the energetic company of someone and still like like be able to feel that, feel that, feel that. And then slowly it just eases and passes into this fullness you know, which is love, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay. So how did you become so wise? Like, how did you, what, what catapulted your development? You know, I usually say that's like one of a few variables, either you are, uh, the daughter of, of hippie parents. And, and of course you're, you're from one of the most, um, 
spiritual countries in the world. So it, it could make sense, but you're a very modern, um, you know, Indian woman that it could be like, no, like, you know, that doesn't mean anything for us being, you know, um, because I'm from the most spiritual country in the world doesn't mean that I am spiritual. My parents were spiritual. So, you know, usually I say hippie parents or meaning you're born in, in, in the lineage of, of spiritual, uh, teachers and people. The other one Mm -hmm. is, um, you know, something horrible might've happened, uh, in, in your life or out of boredom, you know, and, and boredom is sacred too. Like, is there, would you, would you, uh, participate or engage with any of these three categories as like the gateway to either your dark night of the soul or whatever that, that might've propelled you into, uh, you know, developing your mind and, and opening your heart to to truly know the greater and higher truths of, of life? Well, <clears throat> the dark night of the soul is used very differently these days. But in the way I understand it, if I really was in the dark night mm-hmm. of the soul, I would be awakened. So I would say I'm hopefully going through it right now <laughs> so that I'm the process. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but I get your point. Was it suffering that precipitated your sense of, mm-hmm. you know, love? searching and seeking and never thought about it because I've always been like okay I seek and now what like how can I you know so but as I reflect on that I mean it's definitely karmic I think I was born this way and then Mm -hmm. I um, I think one of the best things is that my parents weren't religious um, um, so I didn't have the baggage Mm -hmm. that religion brings my mom was a seeker of the truth and my dad lived in a state of surrender. And I think those two um, things together are pretty neat. Wow. Yeah. And you then, are really blessed to have that. <laughs> really. I'm really, uh, really blessed to have that, which doesn't mean that it looked any particular way. It probably looked just as, you know, complex as other families, but in the spirit of it. And um, so I had those like... Uh, foundation stones but then also growing up like just um, not accepting things the way they were and seeking out people who were suffering and uh, wanting to give love and wanting to help since I was very little and not buying into the systems and uh, you know when I was very young like teenager or like even in junior school I would do that and always being sought by people actually that's another thing is that always being sought by people who were in pain and then realizing very quickly mm. that the tools I had were very limited because I can only help like what, five, six people. And then there were like a hundred mm. that weren't pain. So then I like knowing that, gosh, I need to plug into source so I can be an endless mm-hmm. pool, you know, a fountain um, of mm-hmm. love, service, because that really does give me joy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you think that... I guess I'm going to use it, frame it more of, as, as a question. What do you think is the purpose of, of, of human life? I have a parroted version. from. I, I know it intellectually. I'm going to say that first because it sounds cool. And yeah. then I'll say what I feel. Okay. So Sri Aurobindo says the purpose <laughs> of life is uh, not desire, but delight. And intellectually, Mm. I'm fully with him on that one. I just haven't arrived there yet. Mm -hmm. But for me, the purpose of me being here, I can say it like that, um, is to remember. 
is to rise through the denseness density you know mm-hmm. to wake up through the darkness into the light and in that process transform mm-hmm. the darkness i that's always got me you know i'm like i don't want to just reject it i want to transform it the things in me that i misunderstand i want them to metamorphosize you know Mhm 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 so I really feel like it's Beautiful. being baked into a cake or something you know <laughs> like yeah so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How are you exposed to Sri Aurobindo's uh teachings I think for the for the listener and just for for kind of uh, to to make this uh, you know something for people who are just like what is that earlier on you said there was a traveling nun asked the lama a lama's a great teacher it's just a, a really re- let's use very simplistic language here someone who's really really developed um within in, the buddhist, buddhist uh, doctrine yeah 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 and then sri arobindo uh said to have been said no it is a a south indian saint um who developed this great um intentional community called auraville in the south of india that i've had the 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 beautiful honor um enjoy to to spend so, time so, there so and there was my- a, there was a point in my life that i actually <laughs> wanted to be there You know live there I was like how do I live here full time I know so mother yeah. is the his spiritual uh, counterpart mother is the one who did or will I, I I'm sure she or bindo had something in the visioning of that but I'm not aware of that but she or bindo actually like took the lineage forward of the vedas and vedant and you know and I'm not a scholar I'm much more of a scientist you know I want to experiment like a yogi like they are more keen on experimenting than gathering data so i'm not, i'm not a pundit okay. so i'm not so i can't quote stuff to you i can't you know but i can tell you what i have tried and what has worked for me and what hasn't right so yeah. uh, i could be wrong about my uh, scholarly uh, references but she or what was different about integral yoga which is the you know let's say for black of my ability to put it in better words this the ideology or the paradigm that he introduced to the world is called integral yoga and it was this it wasn't about salvation it was about transformation it was about uh, how can we as conscious beings uh, really like that's the jump we made in the in you know in the animal kingdom is that we are aware so how can we further the evolution of consciousness like how can we participate in it consciously nature is moving towards this with or without us that's the good news you know god is doing his thing we are just here we think we are so important we're just like one of the you know one of the things in this thing but we can use this life we are really powerful instruments we can really catapult that evolution and uh, of matter into light and that's i'm like this is worth being on the planet for like this i can sign up for everything else was like uh uh-uh, uh that just didn't resonate enough you know mm-hmm. uh not like i was where they were it's not like i had samadhi so i was like oh this doesn't work for me oh <laughs> you know but it's just as something that resonated saying okay that's a goal that i could sign up for mm-hmm. that made sense to me you know embodiment is a key part of that. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And you studied um somatic um in your training. Why did you decide to do that? So I studied at CIIS, California Institute of Integral Studies. I did my masters in integral counseling psychology, which was an amazing program. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so what I'm going to say next is nothing to do with uh, how that wasn't good enough. You know, it, it really set me up. It's just what I needed next. So that master's was amazing. Mm-hmm. It really, if I had to do it again, I'd go back to exactly that master's. However, as I was working with clients, I just, you know, that we say this sometimes, you know, it gets worse before it gets better. Is therapy, mm-hmm. And I hate that line. Well, I get it mm-hmm. intellect because, um, you know, it is about being able to be present with, with whatever's in front of you and do not run away from it. And it hurts. So it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, taking responsibility mm-hmm. for your life is not easy, which is what most clients are trying to do when they come in. However, mm-hmm. I felt like there's got to be a way in which they can feel better when they leave the room than when they came in. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. in my own train, I've always followed followed whatever I have needed in my own healing. And I felt that like no therapist or like supervisors could find really my shadow. You know, I could evade everyone, but my body would always tell because there'd be something that wasn't working. So I was like, ah, this is my shadow. Like I do this. So I went into somatic for my own healing and I really loved like what it did for me as a practitioner because my clients could tangibly feel, and it allowed me to touch my clients like legally to be able to put my hand somewhere or, you know, which mm-hmm. I, which has been so amazing for my clients and uh, for me and the sense of oneness that they experience as I resonate with them, that they feel understood at such a different level where I, when I can feel what they're feeling in their body um, not only the physical mm. se- symptoms, but the felt sense. So often as therapists, we are trying to metabolize experiences that are huge for clients and give it back in like bite-sized pieces, right? So the body really helps because then I can feel the hollowness in the pit of their stomach, you know? I can really feel it with them. And suddenly they have two bodies feeling the intensity of that emotion, which like half lessens it for them and it becomes more bearable. And then slowly they eventually they're able to bear all of it on their own, but this is the journey. So, so somatic for me is, it's the key. I feel. Mm. Tell me more about it. Like, why do you think, I mean, I, I'm a firm believer, like you're not, you're, you're preaching to the choir. I love it. This is like a huge part of my, of my, of my work and my mission. And, and also for me was a huge understanding too. Like at the beginning of my path, I think I spent like half of my journey as a seeker doing everything I could. And they all looked, all these practices looked very holy. You know, I was chanting, I was meditating, I was doing this and that and eating this way and like everything I could to like this, like in a holy way, dissociate from my body, dissociate from the emotions that were happening in my body. And then when I, when I realized that like, oh shit, I am just doing the holy path of running away from my body. Exactly. Wow. And and to some degree, it was the, the holy practices were helping me get through the day and become more peaceful, more awake, more energized, more aware, kind or whatever, all the good things that we want more of in our lives. But there was always this background noise and the of like something isn't clicking 
And there was also this, from from one side, it was nothing was ever clicking. And then at a, at a deeper level, was this constant background of like dissatisfaction. And then you went a layer deeper to study like, to just study my own biology with naturopathic doctors. And you always see that there are my levels and my gut and my skin. And there was always something going on, you know? And then I was like, oh shit, the whole game, you know? Yeah. is to just be in your body. Can I be in my body? Can I be in my body when my mom dies? Can exactly. I stay in my body through the grief? Can I stay in my body when when I'm experiencing what I'm experiencing or, or do I just want to run away? And to be fair, for the last uh, you know few weeks, I have just done everything I could to run away from my body. Because yeah, but the there's space for that. Unbearable. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. So, That's right. So I think that the body, there is no place for, for the body to be but in the present moment. You know. So it's a great. I mean, of course, trauma is stuck in the body, but it is also present in the moment, and so it's a great way to get people out of their stories. You know, and I've had a lot of fifty percent of my practices. I've been lucky enough to have like, um, you know, male, female. Like it's not just been a certain gender and i feel that uh -huh. especially for the men who are like again i'm stereotyping now but this is my experience with the clients that who have worked uh, a lot of them it was difficult to get into the emotion and the body really helped because i'd say okay and then we'd have to go from a really general felt sense to specific now for uh, some of the people who feel too much the body really helps because they're like oh i feel so i am really in touch with my emotions uh because i cry easily no, that just means you have no capacity to feel your emotion. If if that's a habitual response, that means you can't get angry without crying. That's a problem. You know, you're discharging because you can't hold the charge of anger. Right. So it, it, it helps people. Um, it really gets people out of their story and into the present moment in a in a beautiful way. And uh, and like I said, that's where I'm I'm interested in like what is the pain point? What's keeping us from waking up? Um, so that's one reason. And also like from a spiritual point of view, if if the the point is to transform what is not awakened yet, then it is our body that so lovingly has signed up for this journey of transformation. You know, mm -hmm. it stores the places that need healing. It it guides us as to what needs work. Like really for me, the body has been like, where am I hiding from life? You know, every time something is wrong with me, I'm like, ah, oh, okay. Then I have to go in and then I start to understand what I'm struggling with, what's too painful or what is hard to admit. So it's a storehouse of the unconscious, but also I feel like, um, you know, it, um, there's a book written by someone called Mark Epstein and it says going to pieces without falling apart. And I've, I'm going to borrow that phrase because I feel the body helps me do that. Mm -hmm. You know? I love that. I love that. Yeah. So profound. And, and once we stop being afraid, once it's not stop being afraid, but once we find the, once we find safety in being our bodies, the process of metabolizing allowing emotions to be what they are a passing sensation in the body without the need to storify conceptualize give it meaning it becomes so much easier to like face the challenges of life 
And also, it doesn't make it easier when you experience capital T trauma. But you can release however, it. in addition to you can release it. There is the, the waves the come and yeah. come and go. Yeah. You don't have come to and be go, stuck come with and that. go, come and go. And then that's right. That's right. And you know, it is um it is so profound the like how many panic attacks I had before my mom died. It was like my body already knew that something was going on. And I, I spoke to my therapist, who's also a, a Vajrayana Buddhist practitioner. And she said, you know, my interpretation of this is that you were sending out a signal to this person that you are deeply, profoundly connected to. And, and it was the other side of the antenna was picking up that something really hard was going on. And then you were metabolizing that in your body through these panic attacks and yeah, that's another way to justify and makes help to make sense of the tremendous pain that I'm that I'm in right now. Um, but from one side, I like it. I like hearing that, and I like thinking that we are, um, you know, through somatic awareness and understanding that makes sense, and it, it's it's it, it helps to bring some degree of ease to the to the to the tremendous despair that my, my days are filled with now, you know, and like thinking about all the, the times in the last year or in the last month before my mom died that were kind of like, you know, like the synchronicities kind of all, it was kind of all pointing to it. I was just not in my body enough, not present enough, not out of my stories enough, not out of my nar narratives enough to be able to be so deeply here and now to see, to read between the lines, right? Yeah, it's the um, attachment, And right? then talking to you now. You don't want to see that yes. she has, she's going to. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that um, I lost what I was going to say. Just give me a second. That's Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to ask you something about um, something about a question I ask every guest too. It's like, what's the role of forgiveness in your personal life? And because you work with clients and students, um, what is the role of forgiveness you see in that in the in the path of healing? You know, I have to confess that I, I haven't come into that relationship with forgiveness as that term. Okay. What I experienced it is um, understanding like when I mm -hmm. uh, when I don't yeah this is what I was going to say is that you know how can we be with what's in front of us without reference right that's ultimately enlightenment right mm. you know and so um Say more, say more about it. The say body is it. really, really helpful mm. with that. Um, you know, my mom is passing. What does that mean for me? Like these are all our narratives, which is why we can't see clearly, right? Which is why this is not a scientific experiment where it's a hypothesis and everything else is suspended. No, you know, I mean, there is no such thing. There is no objective reality. It's all subjective. However, uh, I think that the body can really, really help us in the moment to uh, to be with what is without it needing to be what I need it to be, that I'm not okay or I'm okay enough or like 
you know, all of those stories that we tell ourselves and like clients, I can't feel it. I can't feel it. I can't bear it. And then by the end of session, I'm like, firstly, I'm like, do you have a choice? Like, unless you can eject at will, you don't have a choice. Right. And then uh-huh. it's mostly that they think they can't because when they experienced that degree of pain, they were so little, they didn't have the tools. I'm like, I'm with uh-huh. you. You, your nervous system is bigger than it, it, it was when you were, and they can live through all that pain. You know, and then the more we can start to live through that, the, the less they have references for us that left in our own personal history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so the more rawness with which you can meet something as just like a panic attack is just like system overload, fear, can't breathe, mm-hmm. you know, like that mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Mm-hmm, and with mm-hmm. most of my clients who struggle with anxiety, whether it's claustrophobia or panic attacks, one of the things that helps the most is the, an acceptance of the anxiety, you know, and not mm-hmm. in, not fighting it. And, you know, we have these stories, life is, like I tell myself when I'm struggling, life is happening for me, you know, life is just happening. Even in those moments, I know that life is just happening and that's the spin I need to give to it to feel relevant mm-hmm. and okay enough in that moment, you know. Yeah. So yeah. these are the crutches I use to get to a moment. Mm-hmm. But I didn't and answer they all help. the question. They all help as long Talk as you know the crutches. Yeah. So the forgiveness. So like when there's someone in my life who's hurt me or who I felt, you know, it really like I I love seeing every person as a protagonist in their play, in mm-hmm. their story. I'm like mm-hmm. he or she is doing their story, they didn't play the part that I wanted in my story. And that really simplifies it for me. It's like my son wanting a lollipop and me not giving it to him, you know? And I'm like, so I just make it really simple and say, I didn't get what I wanted, you know? And and that's hard. Now, in the case of abuse, it's slightly different when something negative is done to you, you know? But even then, when I think of people from, you know, I've I've been at the receiving end of the stick with, and this is, uh, I mean, severe sexual trauma, physical trauma is different. Like, you know, so I'm just talking from my own experience where I've had a lot of, let's say, emotional pain from someone. Um, What helped in the beginning was really seeing that they were a function of their own darkness story you know again they they did the best they could given what they had you know and then mm-hmm. it's my job you know it's my job mm-hmm. to work with what my story is it's not their job they're done mm-hmm. they have to settle it in their own psyche they have to find their peace you know mm-hmm. so I, i'm very i i really believe that that my my life is my responsibility and i because I am source, I have everything I need to come back to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so so for me, it's and, less and of forgiveness of other those, people mm-hmm. and more about myself. Mm-hmm. You know, where I have been too mm-hmm, egotistical mm-hmm. to um, admit that I needed support or whatever. Yeah, go ahead. What about those people? Mm-hmm. No, what about those people that have that have been victims of of extreme abuse or you know capital T trauma or just like you know any anything that was a, a form of violation to their you know to their it's, I hesitate to say this because uh, of the backlash it can receive, uh, but when I and I have worked with clients who've had like 
incest for years and um pretty bad stuff happened to them etc but at the end of the day sa like in this moment they still have everything they need there is a part of them that is you know the soul in bhagavad gita we say it cannot be burnt it cannot be you know you can't nothing you can't make it wet you can't make it hot you can't destroy it you know it is always existing so yes you have again that's the thing is do we want to stay in the 3d you can get justice you can do this you can do that etc and you can take full responsibility not because you caused it but because that's the quickest way to heal it's the quickest way that's the, i feel like it's the biggest act of like self love that i love myself so much that i'm going to spend all my awareness and time on me mhm you know and i notice that when i'm able to do that now from that place see emotions are communicating something so if anger you know the psyche saying someone's violating my boundary and then you sit down and you think about whether that's imagined or real and if it's imagined you do your work and if it's real you do something about it and de- depending on the situation you either speak up for yourself or you leave whatever serves you the best there isn't one way of doing something right so after all that healing then i feel is the right time to go go to the people outside but first like when an animal is sick they will retreat into a cave they will heal like mm-hmm. let's heal first mhm you know let's get back to feeling the best that we can mm-hmm. you know and i have clients who who have like a really messy divorce or something and i'm just like you know what if your wife ex wife was dead you'd still have to make peace with it just because she's here now and you can say stuff to her <laughs> doesn't mean that's the only way to heal people who have lost someone who they really angry way though the you know perpetrator and stuff they can still heal mhm mhm so i feel there is room for accountability and stuff but first order of business is take yourself to safety mhm get the help you need in order mm-hmm. for you to heal mhm when you are feeling good about yourself then come back out and see what you need to do mhm i like that I like that. I I I think that's beautiful. I think that's very well said. It could it could feel a little edgy. Um, I know. At first to hear it could feel a little bit sour. Um and also I think it's you know I asked I asked a very similar question like this almost every episode of the show because it, you know the the forgiveness and the and the punitive narratives that we have around people who who've hurt us and how we've hurt other people and and our whole sort of prison industrial complex and and most of our listeners being in the United States and 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 it's so it's it's very interesting to always like hear what an expert has to say about really really hard things that everyone will go through If you're having a human experience, you will hurt somebody really badly and you also be hurt really badly. Exactly. It's just it's part of the thing that we've signed up for. And if you are in complete denial that you have hurt someone really badly or that someone has hurt you really badly, uh then it's time to get back into your body and just exactly. look at what your body's communicating <clears throat> to you 
Because your body's probably saying, you're not digesting food anymore, or this is happening, or that's happening. Physiologically, if you're not in touch with your heart and, and, and you know, being awake to life, your body will show you how you have hurt other people because there will be, you know, um, um, something like somatically in, in the soma, in the body showing you that you haven't made peace with the part of your story or you haven't forgiven or you haven't integrated. There is a part of your biography that hasn't been processed and, 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 and made peace with, you know, um, and then I, I just want to say one more thing from based on what you said, Natasha, it's, you know, <clears throat> hurt people, hurt people. We've all heard this a million times, right? And then Thich Naha says, and I'm paraphrasing what, what the great Zen master has said. He says, you know, those who harm, who harm other people really, really badly, really destructively, it's a cry out for help. It's just, it's totally misinterpreted in our culture. And I'm paraphrasing what he said through my own limited understanding, but he really, really sounds very profound to me as I'm saying, and as I've said this a million times. And so imagine if someone who's hurt you really badly, they were crying out for help. And yes, from one side, seeking justice and accountability and, and then going layers deeper to, okay, this person needs support. Am I the one to help? Perhaps not. Do I have the resources to point them towards restoration? Perhaps I do. And if you don't, then then just pray that they will find restoration for their mind, for their body, for their hearts. Because if we try to punish them for having hurt, then we are perpetuating the cycle of dysfunction and pain in the world. And I know this is kind of hard to hear, um, but it's something to question. Yeah. See, if like, punishing someone for having done something bad, does it propel restoration? Does it propel goodness? Does it, does it create? Does it create benevolence, or does it just create more harm and hurt in the world? You know, look at the people who go into prison and how they come out, and look at our prison system in America, and and why is it the largest in the world? And it, just there's so much to unpack when it comes to this that, punitive approach to which trauma. Is, which know? is why I'm saying that in my own action, I have to ask myself: Am I coming? from fear or am I coming from love? Right? So a lot of the justice system is based on fear. This will happen again. That's we have right. da, 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 da. It's not based on transforming that individual. <clears throat> you know? Yeah. But but the problem is that um, unless, which is why I, like, I used to read Khalil Gibran since I was very little and I'm blessed to have read him because he really questions what is right, what is wrong, what is moral, what is, you know, one of the Zogzar Khan said that anything that helps you wake makes you takes you towards the truth is moral. And anything that takes you away from the truth is immoral. Now that really flips it for you about what is moral and what is not. Mm-hmm. You know, but the problem is when someone's in pain, they're not worried about the other person. They're only worried about themselves. And I'm saying, mm-hmm. good, but then take that and take it in. Mm-hmm. Take all of that self-protectiveness. And heal yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't worry about that other person. Mm-hmm. You know, in that moment, you they're not feeling kind towards them. So don't pretend. Mm-hmm. Be a, Go. Go where your awareness is, but take it for you. 
That's right. Putting that's them in right. jail is not going to heal your trauma. Trauma. Not to say that certain. I'm not like that. That's what I'm saying. That you can report it. You can do what you have to do. But as systems go, I'm with you. You know, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. That. Uh, and again, the idea of oneness. You know, honestly, I feel that as like because I knew so much when I was little, I had the arrogance of feeling different. But as mm-hmm. I have lived more and become a mum and everything, I have seen. the seeds of almost everything in me anything that i have judged in someone else i have seen a variation or a degree or a spectrum version of that in me that mm-hmm. lends a lot of compassion i'm like gosh right. i could see that and as a class, as a therapist having worked with people who would be on the other end of the legal system there is always a story there Mm-hmm. always i don't think i've ever worked with someone and and that's not my main area of work so i don't know but i have worked with people who've committed crimes and um there's always a story there and when i'm sitting with that person all i see is a human being trying to wake up again you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and i feel love that's what i feel and i, I guess I, i'm in a safe environment and all of that you know but mm-hmm. in that moment the the idea is to transform that's right That's you know? right. And only love and, transforms. And that's right. I I I appreciate the audacity to say all of that because it's it's taboo topics and and every trauma and every painful experience is so relative to someone's depth of awakening and how they perceive it and interpret and make sense of it in their own lives and at a very sort of like pragmatic simple day to day way to kind of digest this information it's like when we spend so much of our time in the victim and blame mindset we are taking away the we're taking we're we're, we're leaking our energy to to people that you don't want in your life to exactly. experiences that you don't want in your life So when you remove the victim and the blame uh uh kind of mindsets from your from your ex- from your reality you are actually transferring all that energy and all that power towards creating more of what you actually want to feel at peace to forgive to let go to you know create more joyful experiences to create new memories and so in a very practical sense as you hear all of what we said and things might have been edgy and and kind of like <gasps> alarming for your nervous system as you hear it's really important to just think like okay who would i how much would i do in my how far can i get in my healing journey if i were to to stop leaking my energy towards being the victim or 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 you know being the victim and putting all the blame and you know just that kind of dynamic uh what would happen and and that brings a lot of to me it's helping me in my own journey with the medical system um because i do wake up angry and i go to bed angry and i am in this constant blame and anger that i i i'm just so mad at the doctors and the nurses and 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 they are the ones to blame and then i will spend like you know sometimes a whole afternoon or sometimes 5 minutes but any time that i spend blaming and being the victim 
I, I'm creating more cause and conditions for that to prevail in my life. So I'm choosing to bring that, you know, like unhook myself from that story and, and put that energy towards like connecting to my dad more, connecting to my sister and to my brother and connecting to my mom and being of service to others. Like, how can I channel that energy towards good, towards restoration? You know, because those doctors and nurses who were extremely unkind and destructive and, and, and mean-spirited in that time, they can only have hurt. They can only, they can only could have hurt this beautiful woman that so many people loved that impacted so many people the way they did if they weren't paying themselves. And that, I believe that to be a, to be a black and white truth. So I live by that. As much as I can, sometimes I fucking forget, you know. But it's also and a I lot am of angry grief. and you know. But great grief is that's right, that's right. That's the normal, right. you know. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. To to, to understand, yes. to you know, I, I often tell a client, your story sounds so unique, you know, but it isn't. You know, I can make it so universal. I'm like, you're going through the first stage of grief. That's right. That that's no, right. this loss is so painful. I will fight this. Yeah. And for exactly. whatever reason, if it wasn't the doctor, that fight something else, you know, not this. But yeah. what I'm trying to say is that after, when you feel like good in yourself, I, when my clients are stuck in the past so much, I'm like, you know, if you had the life you wanted, you wouldn't be stuck in the past. Can we work on getting the life you want? Once you oh have the life God. you want, when you have the partner you want, you know, when you all of that, then tell me, then we go back and talk about your ex-wife. Now I can talk about her to the degree at which in you that I feel betrayed. I can sit with that. But that she wants revenge, not my story. Mm. You know, so. That's yeah. Mm hmm. Please go, go, go. I'm just like, this is so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So I just feel that um, the the way to not bypass is to just keep feeling our feelings. That's all, you know, because some people are like, they don't want to see the wrong that's happened and they want to cloud it in like ahimsa and compassion and all of that. And that just gets you sick, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, be angry, mm -hmm. be mad, uh, but sit with it. Mm -hmm. Instead of lashing out at someone's, like, take it home, mm -hmm. journal, write, get the support you need for this pain in your system. Like, this is physical pain. Your whole body is breaking. Your heart has broken. That is so painful, you know, and your soul's like, is it worth it to stay embodied and to move on? You know, that's a lot. And all of that is needing your love and attention right now. And when you are back, to feeling like, okay, and then, you know, to find some amount of joy in your life and ease and flow. With that mindset, you can go back and say, is there anything I'd like to do about this legal system? Is there anything I'd like to say? Is there anything? Mm -hmm. I'd That's the time to go back and make mm -hmm. an intervention if you feel the need. But really, we don't have access to the that. most creative parts of our brain in this state because we're really in our reptilian brain and in our limbics. We don't have access to the more evolved uh, creative parts of our brain that will, you know, cause this, bring the solution because the solution doesn't come from the problem, the same mindset that created it, right? Einstein said something like mm -hmm. that. You and I are both are not mm -hmm. paraphrasing very well today, but you got the <laughs> point. <laughs> I'm a paraphraser, you know, I'm like paraphrasing it through a sassy, uh, you know, interpretation <laughs> 
through, you know, it's, it will never be like quoting perfectly anyone, you know, people who listen to the show, they know that this is like, you know, I, I'm unafraid of saying, I'm paraphrasing and it will not be, you know. No, but I think that's the safest thing, sir. Far from it. To quote it is to not know how much you've understood of it, you know. When you paraphrase it, you're like, this is what it means to me. And so take it for what it means to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You know, I, I just want to say thank you for all of this. This was like very deep and very beautiful and Wow. I could talk to you for, for a long time. And that's how I felt when I first met you too. I was like, oh my goodness, you are just a well of wisdom. Thank you so much. You know, before we go, is it too much to put you on a spot to ask you to sing a little bit for us? <laughs> one, one mantra, one hymn, one, you know, whatever, something that's alive for you. I want to sing, but I want to say one thing, Sa, and that's about you, mm-hmm. that I have been reluctant mm-hmm. to speak, uh, to write and all of that because um, I'm not awake, you know, yet, right? I'm in process and I feel that as my level of perception changes, what I say now will not be true three weeks later or one month, you know, like, I, so I feel like maybe it's just good to be quiet till I'm awake and I have the full picture. And so I've really been wary of like engaging in any conversation, but speaking with you at the yoga barn, um, I felt like it was humble enough. It, it, it took into account the fact that we are just sharing our, you know, there's something about you that made it, that got me excited about coming and speaking and not like just being like I'm just gonna say what it is and it's it's probably make an ass of myself and that's fine because you know as my level of perception changes I'll drop this I will move to wherever I need to go I'm not attached to anything I say you know so Mm -hmm. I just want to thank you for being you oh thank you my darling thank you so much I appreciate that and and yeah, I mean, look, it's the human experience. I think people who pretend to have it together are, I, I was one of them, you know, so I know what it's like to pretend to like, you know, so and when I see people who are honest and real and it's a, it's an energetic thing, it's a nonverbal and you carry yourself in that way. I can, I can see your, your pain. I can, and I could also just feel the deep presence that 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 it's kind of like behind watching it happen, and it's it's all it's all non-verbally communicated through your eyes and the way you walk and the way you the way you you ate your food and it was just <laughs> you know it, it's so you were this like beautiful paradox and that is so profound you know Aww. to me okay um, it's, it's very rare that we get to experience people that way so thank, thank you. you thank you for seeing me <laughs> all right okay so i'm gonna <laughs> sing you um a folk song just because you know of the human experience mm-hmm. of that my <clears throat> चंबा कितनी दूर है माहेनी मेरी शिमले दिराहे 
चंबा कितनी दूर शिमलैनी बसना कसौली बसना शिमलैनी बसना कसौली बसना चंबे जाना जरूर है चंबे जाना जरूर इट बेसिकली मीन्स लाइक आई डोंट वॉन्ट गो टू दिस टाउन एंड दैट टाउन एंड आई वॉन्ट टू गो टू दिस वन प्लेस इन द माउंटेन्स बट इट्स ऑल्सो माई स्टोरी ऑफ लाइफ नो आई एम नॉट गोन सिट हेयर एंड गेट डिस्ट्रैक्टेड एंड नॉट गोन सिट यू नो आई वॉन्ट बी होम सो ब्यूटिफुल थैंक यू Oh my goodness. I knew I, I knew I needed to ask you for that. Listen, before we go, uh what does it mean to you to be spiritually sassy? Humble. Ooh, never heard that one before. Thank you. Have a sense of humor, be humble. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Thank you Natasha for being on. Truly so grateful to you. Thank you my dear. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye. I'm Sadi Simone and you've been listening to the Spiritually Sassy show. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate and review this podcast and join me next Sunday for another Spiritually Sassy conversation. Thank you so much for listening and I love you. Bye.